Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress inside our studios. We are so excited and honored to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on our next guest, a senior NFL writer, Jason Reed, who's got a brand new book coming out, The Rise of the Black Quarterback. Uh, Jason, thank you for taking time to join us on today's show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. We're excited to have this conversation with you, so let's just start here. What made you want to write a book like this, Jason? Well, I've covered the NFL for some time, and I, and I, you know, one of the first people I covered in the NFL was when I covered the Washington football team, uh, Jason Campbell, a guy who I'm sure you guys know about. And um, I, I was always interested in the history of how did black quarterbacks who were once, you know, the most marginalized group in the NFL become one of the most powerful and influential groups in the NFL. And when I covered Washington, I got to know Jason Campbell really well and also Doug Williams, uh, the legendary quarterback who was the first African-American pastor to win a Super Bowl and the MVP award. And in talking to those guys and getting to know them, it just seemed to be something to me that I I wanted to understand the story for myself. And so thus begins a deeper dive into putting a book together like this. You've got, obviously, the drive to make this happen. Talk to me about how you went about putting together the book in terms of, okay, how do I want to dive this up? How much history versus uh, what we're currently seeing in the sport? How did you uh, go through all those thoughts? Well, I wanted to talk to the pioneers, uh, key pioneers who really kind of blazed the trap, excuse me, blazed the trail for the guys of today. And then I wanted to talk to people today who really represented something. Look, there are a lot of, there's many superstar black quarterbacks right now, but I really wanted to pick certain guys who kind of represented the evolution of the game. Um, so I started with Doug Williams among the pioneers, uh, Warren Moon, the only black quarterback enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, James Shaq Harris, the first black quarterback to, to start a season opener and to, to start in the Pro Bowl. Um, and then you know, moving forward, looking at guys today, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, what he represents in terms of the evolution of the game, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and also looking at Colin Kaepernick and the stance that he took that no quarterback had ever taken before. So it really I wanted to have a, a mixture of pioneers and people of today who represent so much in the game. And for these pioneers uh, in particular, remind people of how, uh, obviously, how big their impact is on the sport, but also just how much they had to go through to to make it to the league and to get the same opportunities that others were being afforded. You know, and that's such a a great question. I went into this book thinking that I had a pretty good understanding of all this stuff. I, I covered the NFL since 2007. I've been reporting on this. Uh, you know, I mentioned Jason Campbell, a, a great quarterback who led uh, Auburn to an undefeated season um, some years back. I, so I thought I had an understanding of what I was writing about. And i got to tell you, guys, jumping into this, doing the reporting, there was so much I didn't know. I mean, I knew about racism, obviously, but, but Marlon Briscoe, one of the pioneers who just recently uh, passed, unfortunately, you know, he, he was the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos as a rookie, has a great season, sets a Broncos rookie record for touchdowns, which I believe still stands today. And Broncos have had some decent quarterbacks, one guy uh, in particular, John Elway. And they just took the job away from him because of racism. And I remember I was interviewing Marlon, and we were at a restaurant, and I said to him, you know, how did you get over that? And he said to me, well, you're assuming I did get over it. 
And this is, you know, how many decades later. So for, these guys endured things, like Warren Moon, uh, when he was a senior at the University of Washington, he's being booed by the home crowd. He's leading Washington that year to the Rose Bowl. He was the, the conference co-player of the year, and he's being booed by his home crowd. Like, I, I, to me, the things that those guys went through, you know, I know that you know, players today get you know, insulted on Twitter and you know, there, there are things that are said, uh, social media, what have you, but it's nothing like what those guys went through. Right now we're chatting with Jason Reed. And again, a new book coming out, Rise of the Black Quarterback, What It Means for America. And he's joining us here on Sports Call this afternoon. You mentioned a former Auburn Tiger in Jason Campbell. And then, uh, Jason, we could throw out another former Auburn quarterback in Cam Newton, the Heisman Trophy winner. He won a national championship for the Tigers, the number one overall pick. Those two guys in particular, what did they mean to the sport? What did they mean to the position? You know, Jason Campbell, I, I got to mean, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine. And I, I, I always felt bad for him because he played in a very dysfunctional, a very dysfunctional franchise when he broke into the league as a first-round draft pick, the Washington football team, and it's still a very dysfunctional franchise. And then Cam Newton, you know, Cam Newton was such a freak of nature, as everybody knows, the size. And he became the second black quarterback ever to win the league AP MVP award. So both of those guys, you know, have a, have a story in, this, in, in the overarching story of, of the the story of the black quarterback in the NFL, and they're both important stories. When you look at, uh, Jason, when you when you look at some of the guys that we think about, you know, some of the first quarterbacks that I, I think I can remember growing up and watching were kind of Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick, uh, and I know there was a lot of quarterbacks that came before those two guys, but those two are, are some guys that had a big impact on the game. What, what, is, what do you think they contributed to the, the history here? Well, you know, it's interesting you bring up Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb was in the 1999 quarterback class, and that was the first class in NFL history where three African-American quarterbacks were taken in the first round. The league had never seen anything like that. And that was really an acknowledgment by the people who are the decision-makers in the NFL that, okay, black quarterbacks now, you know, we, we can't just ignore them. Some of these guys are going to be good and can help us win games and help us win, make money. So that was such a, a big year. And then Donovan McNabb goes on to have a very good career in the NFL. You know, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he was a Pro Bowl, and the Eagles won a lot of games with him. And you look at what he did during his time, the, the guy really was successful. And, and then you talk about Michael Vick, the, the first black quarterback ever selected number one overall in 2001. You know, Mike Vick goes out there and plays in a manner that really the league had not seen. Even Randall Cunningham, who was a great dual-threat quarterback uh, year, you know, years before Michael Vick was the number one pick, Randall Cunningham with the Philadelphia Eagles, no one played like Michael Vick. It was like a, almost like a swashbuckling style at, at that position. And both of the, all of those guys, Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, they all have helped to contribute to the evolution of the quarterback position. And one of those things, Jason, I think is important to note in the evolution is that entire offenses can now be built around guys that play the game maybe a little differently. And one of the guys you talk about in your book is Lamar Jackson. And obviously Lamar is a guy that still faces unfair criticisms just because one of his best traits is being able to run the football. 
uh, as a quarterback. So what did you learn in, in talking about Lamar Jackson and, and the struggles? That it feels like he gets maybe the brunt of the criticism for, for some of these guys that, that, that seems to be unfair. Yeah, you know, the thing about Lamar is, I mean, no one can sit here and argue that Lamar is the best pocket passer. In the NFL, he's not. But, but for people who say that the, that the Raiders can't win games when Lamar, if Lamar has to throw the ball, that's not true. They have won games where Lamar has to throw the ball. Matter of fact, in week five last year, Lamar had one of the greatest passing performances, just period, not just for him. Uh, in a 19-point come-from-behind victory against the Indianapolis Colts, he passes for 442 yards, four touchdowns, a couple of two-point conversions. Uh, he sets a completion percentage record at 86%. So we know that Lamar can succeed. Does he continue to have to, does he have to work on that skill still? Yes, I can point to metrics that say that will show you that he has improved, but it's really about the eye test, and it's really about he's never going to get the credit as a passer, I, I believe, unless he can win a Super Bowl. And then another guy featured prominently in the in the book, Kyler Murray. He recently in the news gets this huge contract and an awesome deal to get. However, a lot was made about the uh, the studying clause in the contract, and I, and I just wonder what you what you made of that. And um, you know, obviously it was great to get that huge contract, but I I don't know of these types of things being reported very often where we talk about how much a guy's got to study film. Yeah, the, the the Cardinals really made a huge mistake with that thing, and and they and they wound up taking the uh, independent study addendum out of the contract because of the uproar and the backlash to it. I mean, Kyler Murray was the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. Now, the only way you can interpret the situation is that someone high up enough in the Cardinals organization who could actually have a say over the franchise quarterback's contract, or multiple people high up enough, felt that Kyler doesn't study enough. Now, the best face you can put on, it, put on it is maybe, look, generally they're okay with his study habits, but they just wanted to prod him a little bit to maybe do a little more to like maximize his potential. But that's not something that should have been in the contract. That's something that, that should have been said to him privately. And also, four hours is such a ridiculously small amount of time. It, it really... From every angle of this thing, was just a very bad decision by the Cardinals and Kyler's agent. You know, should have pushed back against this to where it wasn't in there. Now, my guess is is that that's not what anybody was thinking about. Really, they were thinking about 160 million dollars guaranteed. But the Cardinals did did Kyler disservice. And every time, I guarantee you, every time he has a bad game, and the best quarterbacks have bad games, he'll have another one. People will wonder, well, was he not studying? And then, Jason, you know, you mentioned in the book that in recent history, uh, this, the, the, you know, the subject here was brought about by the Colin Kaepernick uh, stuff, and then it was kind of reignited here in the last couple of years from the 2020. Um, what, what do you think fans should look for in the, in the, um, in the world of like, cultural and social issues coming up here, not just this season but in the, in the NFL, but going forward? Yeah, the, the NFL is, a, is, in a point, is, at a, is at a point right now where the league is supporting social justice issues, social shoot, I say that fast, social justice issues, because of the fact that players have pushed the league to support social justice issues. You know, the NFL at one point, I believe it was 2016-2017, the players were 70% African American. Now, players who identify as Black or African American, they make up about I think 58.9% of the league, something like that. So. The league is not in a position, I believe, to back away from its commitment to social justice issues. And it funds these programs, and, and 
you know, there are a lot of people in the league who are focused on trying to do work in that area. Um, I don't think the league will will go back to like previously say, oh, this is not something we want to deal with. You know, we're 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 just focused on football. I think that the, the, the genie is out of the bottle, so to speak, and it's never going to be able to go back in. Rise of the black quarterback, what it means for America, as we're talking with Jason Reed, the senior NFL writer for Anscape, and ESPN platform. You can get a copy of the book wherever books are sold. We're holding a copy here in our studio, Jason. And as you look at the next, as we said, looking towards the future, 10 years from now, what is the goal of this current topic? Well, I, I think we're, at, we're right now, I, I like to call it the era of the black quarterback, where there have been, never been more superstar black quarterbacks in the game, franchise quarterbacks. You have young quarterbacks like Trey Lance in San Francisco, Justin Fields in Chicago, who are getting their opportunities now. You have black quarterbacks at these college football powerhouses, USC, Ohio State, Alabama, who are, who are the next ones. Then you look at high school. Then you look at youth football. You know, there used to be a time where you go to these all-star high school camps where you wouldn't see black players at the quarterback position. You now see many. So I think, for me, I would not be shocked if in another five, six years, a decade, you would see as many as, you know, 16, 12 to 16 uh, black quarterbacks in the league thriving as starters and franchise-caliber players. Pander to our audience here for a moment as we're on the eve of the football season getting started. Again, Jason Reed joining us here, a senior NFL writer here in Auburn, just over an hour's drive away from Atlanta. Many Falcons fans in our area. What's your outlook on the Falcons as they gear up for this upcoming football season, Jason? You know, the, the thing about the Falcons is, look, if everything comes together, could they make the playoffs? Absolutely. I just think it's one of those things where I, I – Covering the NFL as long as I have, I hate these training camp early, you know, uh, preseason predictions because so many things can go wrong. You know, one <laughs> one guy has a knee injury, one guy, you know, one guy doesn't get something done the right way, and you know, gets gets in a situation where they they they're, they've lost somebody they're counting on. But look, I think there's a lot of talent on that roster, like the coaching staff, and I think if things break right, they can definitely have a good season. I hate to put you on the spot then, knowing that you hate these predictions, but with training camp starting, knowing this is a sports talk radio show and we're known to just throw a bunch of things against the wall and see what sticks, if you were to make a Super Bowl pick as training camp gets going, who would that be this year? Who? Um, boy, I, I, I really, really hate these. Why don't we say, um, what, what, you know what, I mean, why don't we say um, just for fun, uh, Green Bay and Kansas City. Can't wait for that. That'd be an epic matchup. Thank you for doing that. I know that uh, is painful for many to have to kind of make those predictions because you're so right, Jason. I mean, so many different things can change as soon as the season gets going. The time is greatly appreciated. Remind our listeners once again how they can support you and, more importantly, how they can find the book. Oh, the book is uh, everywhere books are sold. It's out today. Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, Target.com, and they can follow me uh, at jreedespn or on at ESPN.com or at Anscape.com. Outstanding. Thanks for the time again, Jason. We'll do this again soon. Thank you. That's Jason Reed joining us here on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM.